A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. The conversation today that we are having, um, it's about mental detachment. I thought that was a fascinating one. And, and sometimes we do this for whatever particular reasons. And I think, Laura, let's just break it down. What does it mean when you mentally detach from your workplace? What are we talking about? Yeah, so I also thought it was quite a fascinating topic. Um, and the way it was put to me was, you know, you you don't necessarily want to become overly attached to your job, to your work, um, because that's when a lot of boundary problems happen, burnout or exploitation, etc. But then, you know, you're also kind of daily on social media and in society fed the idea that you should just be extremely passionate about what you do. And the quote was like, you know, work, what? Do what you love and you won't work a day in your life or something <laughs> like that. So the question in my mind is how do you balance between the two? You know, how do you find passion and throw yourself into something that you love if you have that opportunity, but also, you know, keep yourself safe and separate and protect your identity? Yeah, yeah. And and I think that makes sense. But for me, though, um, you could be doing what you're passionate about and what you love. But there'll be th- those days where you're like, I, not, today I'm not feeling it, you know? And But it doesn't mean that it changes anything, right? You're still doing what you love and what you enjoy. But there'll be challenges that will come through and all sorts of things will happen. So, so how do you even cope? How do you, so what are you supposed to be doing? You're supposed to detach a bit so that you're able to put boundaries and protect yourself. So what is the thinking? Um, so when I gave my opinion, I, I think the thing I feel the most strongly about is that it's important to develop your own sense of identity. Um, one of the things that I see often with coaching clients and just people that I interact with daily is if mm-hmm. you find yourself with a toxic boss or in a toxic workplace and your sense of identity is, you know, maybe not strong enough, then that's where you can start questioning your reality, feeling bad about yourself. I mean, I've seen like the most impeccable performers just questioning themselves entirely and questioning their value and their worth because it was being dictated by their toxic environment so so for me that like identity is key yeah and and i I agree with that but but how does it look like in a practical element so now this detaching what like what do you need to do practically for you to be going i love what i do but I don't want to be that embroiled in it so that 
I lose mm. my identity. Or maybe this workplace is very toxic and I need to be able to detach myself up until I find a solution. Either I get out or I find a different way. Because sometimes it can be a coping mechanism, right? Just to be able to mentally detach from that space. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, knowing, maybe doing some exercises, you can find quite a few of them online. Or if you work with a coach like Mumi, you can do stuff uh, or go through exercises to determine, you know, what makes you you? What are your values? What is your mission in life? What drives you? What motivates you? And then see where that's coming from in your life, you know, and and then see where maybe the boundaries need to come in. So if you see, all right, well, one of my values is helping people, but, you know, 80% of my time is dedicated just to proving myself in my finance job. You can see that, you know, something needs to shift in order to kind of step away from your work a bit and start fulfilling yourself as a human being. So exercises like that are quite nice. I think, um, yeah, I don't know what you think. I was going to say something else, but now I've, I've lost it. I've lost the thought. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think for me, the element of, of detaching, because this, are, this is the conversations I also usually have with clients. And it's a conversation that says, where somebody says, I need to get out of this place. And then I usually say, um, you've made up your mind to a certain point, but up until you get the job, the next job to move to, you need to be able to survive the environment that you're going to on a daily basis up until you're able to get out of it. And then the conversation becomes, so how do I survive it for the time that I'm there? And I think the mental detachment becomes that element of saying, so how am I going to survive? And I think for me, though, another element talks to just reminding yourself of your why. Why were you waking up to go there? Or what is it um, that you want to achieve that might keep you going there up until you're able to either make another um, change decision or whatever that looks like for you? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. And I think that's one of like the most important shifts that people uh, sometimes need to make when they're deciding they want to leave a toxic environment is to get into that survival mode and that planning mode and saying like, what do I actually need to do? And like, it's, it's shifting your decision making to um, being dictated by yourself and your own needs. Versus, yeah. you know, constantly chasing what is happening in the work environment around you. So I think that's that's super important. Um, yeah. And I oh, oh I remembered what I was going to say. So um another thing that I think detaching helps you with is also determining like your own goals for yourself as an individual. So really, what's going to make you happy and feel fulfilled and feel, I guess, proud of yourself. Um, I was having a, a DM discussion on Instagram with a, a lady who runs another account that I really like. It's called um, Including Society. It's such a cool page. And it was sort of to say, like, um, 
sometimes when you get caught up in like the conflict and unhappiness in a work environment, you don't realize that, you know, like, uh, and the, the, the topic was power struggles. And um, mm. when you're in that environment where people are like competing for stuff, it's unhealthy. They're like fighting for power, fighting for like dominance or whatever it is. The, the actual prize, the end goal is just some made up thing that exists because the company told you it was important or that it was special. It's not actually your goal. So yeah. mental detaching helps you kind of realize that and go, okay, well, now I can decide. Now I have the space to decide, like, do I want power? Do I want to chase this thing or do I not want to chase this thing? And either way, I'm still okay with myself. And I'm so yeah. proud of myself versus like, you know, getting caught up in that rat race. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because I think for me, um, what used to be my default um, space would be, um, what is my contribution to this objective, right? Because it's all about the objective that somebody in the strategy team has come up with, or yeah, Somebody has come up with this objective and we're all fighting to get to this thing. And everybody wants to seem that they are more important than the other person um, because they feel like they are contributing more. And, and for me, just being able to say, what is my contribution to this, um, to this target? And then focusing on your bet and not having, so that you shut down all the noise that is happening around mm. you. And when you focus on that element that you know I'm contributing this part, then your focus is on that and you are not then getting involved in whatever the power struggles or the the drama mm. that comes that comes with it. So so I, I get that. But I think Laura, my other question is because when we started, we we're talking about mental detaching even if you're in a space that you're very passionate about but what mm. would that look like um does that mean now you are half-heartedly doing stuff or what does it mean oh that's like the quiet quitting nonsense that's going around at the moment <laughs> I think it just gives you the power to live a healthy life, whatever that means for you. It gives yeah. you the option to make space for multiple things that you enjoy or things that bring you peace or fulfillment. And um, yeah, it, it gives you that decision-making space, I think. And that's, a, that's like a good thing. So with a whole quiet mm -hmm. quitting, it's frustrating to see because employers are getting, you know, they knickers in a twist because employees are kind of saying I want to mentally detach when it's good for me I want to have boundaries and think about other stuff after five o'clock um you know and I, I see a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and whatever where employers are putting out content to say you know we only want people who go above and beyond like this must be your obsession you must be obsessed with your work I don't know. To me, that's very arrogant. Um, yeah. And I always think that the individual is more important than the employer as a whole. Yeah. And the reality is there are people who want to go above and beyond, right? And it's okay if that's the decision that you've made. Yeah. 
if they make that choice and they're happy with that choice, if they opt in, then cool. But if they don't yeah. want to, if they just want to adhere to the nine to five contract, which they legally signed and agreed to, that is perfect in my opinion. Yeah. No, no, I fully agree. And but this is the this is the decision that that you make as an employee. And mm-hmm. and for me, it's all about, and I always make an example that there was there was a time in my life in a job where as I was interviewing, I was clear that I was just going to do the normal hours and I was going to deliver in my normal hours. I did not have to take work home. Um, and, and I made those boundaries. As I, was, as I was, before even the interview, I was like, Mm-mm, here, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'll make sure that I deliver. My outputs must be very clear. But I was giving it my all, but I didn't have to be jumping up and down. And and it's ridiculous that people are expected to be answering emails at 11 o'clock at night. The minute your boss sends you an email, then there's this pressure that you should be answering when it's mm. supposed to be your time. Like you're a human being. Like, I don't get that. Mm. Exactly. And I, I think like once you, if you start practicing like stepping back from that and going, okay, well, is this really an ethical and identity crisis if I don't respond to your email at 2 a.m. or am I well within my rights? It, it kind of gives you that like self-confidence to, yeah. to set your own boundaries in the workplace. And look, I, I think sometimes you can never count on employers or like toxic people, I guess, to react maturely if you do that. So some people might, you know, even up the ante and behave even more poorly if you start boundary setting. Um, But I guess, yeah, I think that's something that, you know, you have to work through on an individual basis. It's still the correct thing to be able to set boundaries. And I think it's 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 also it is definitely for your mental benefit. Um and I appreciate places like is it France where it's actually now illegal to to be to be sending emails over the weekend or something. And there's no expectation that you are somebody is supposed to be answering your emails after um after hours because it just it it is just ridiculous. But I think it becomes a culture conversation and it becomes a culture conversation and it's a conversation where you as a leader, what also do you expect from your people and what type of culture have you created in in the organization that you're in? Um, And that for me becomes the most important thing. But I think and, and I got a shock because I was engaging with with some employees of a client maybe a few weeks ago and they were saying to me at this place which I will not name they were saying even when you're sick you are expected to be showing up because when you're sick the culture is is you show weakness what and there's the thing is there are some cultures that that are like that. You are showing weakness by being sick. I was like, no. Like, what is that all about? 
But you need to be online. You need to be online. You can be sick at home, but you need to be online. You need to still, you can't switch off your phone because I suggested, I'm like, but what if you guys switch off the phones? They're like, yeah, you don't switch off your phone. And for but me, it's a- exploitative. Like you're just looking at your employees as a resource. You know, if they die, they die. But we'll take whatever we can get. But that's a reality, Laura. If the employee dies, they die, and you send flowers, and you advertise the role the following few weeks, and life goes on. It, yeah. it, it sounds bad as I'm saying it, right? But, mm. but that's how most organizations operate. And think about it. It's human beings that make up the organization. It's not like the organization is just Yeah, it's not like a yeah exactly it's not but there's a system that all of us kind of buy into and and we will be sad that the person is gone but we'll send flowers and we'll advertise because work needs to continue and that just becomes a reality and what you find is that you've gone above and beyond you are burnt out and you've been putting so much but at the end of the day what have you got to show for it Mm. working on weekends and late hours is perceived as dedication and commitment and that's also the other side of the coin is that you know the people who are sick and they like human bodies just give in you know they're like punished for that but the people who actually do you know let you whatever like if it's passion or if it's boundaries whatever they put in those extra hours they get rewarded for that and so it's like this positive feedback cycle that keeps the unhealthy stuff going. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I really, I can't emphasize how important I think it is to be able to step back and say, you know, is this right? Or is this just a made up culture by people who think it's okay? And can I actually step out of this? If I step out of it and I'm not the one being rewarded for working my entire weekend, What's my plan? How can I move forward in my career when I'm not opting into this? And where am I going to look for, you know, in my next step and the step after that to kind of move towards healthier spaces? I guess. Because, yeah, for me, the more people do that, the more likely it is we'll end up with, you know, more workplaces with better cultures and fewer employees who can get away with this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But and and I think it's also about it's also about speaking up. Um because I think when when you don't point out some of the things, but as an individual, you know the space that you're in. So you need to know how far you can be vocal about some of the other things. But for me, the point I was thinking about is on the side on the other side of that coin of dedication and all those things, there are people who love working. And, you know, who will put in the work? And that's great. And maybe they don't have work is their life and that's where they get their satisfaction and their fulfillment. And that's great. They might do that. But I've always also said that the people who, sometimes you need to check your efficiency when you always have loads of work and you're working too much. And, Mm -hmm. And are you being efficient in the way you're working? And maybe sometimes you might be overloaded and that's the reality. 
But I think there's also asking yourself if you're really being efficient and mm. if you've got processes in place that are efficient enough for you to be able to achieve what you need to achieve. Because that's another, that's another thing. That maybe you're just not efficient enough to be able to do the things that you need to do during the day. And are you, priori- are you prioritizing? Or are you just wanting? Or are you multitasking? You know the multitasking never works sometimes. It's just like <laughs> you never get anything done. <laughs> no. But the, it's, I think you're right. And like kind of asking what is in this for me? If I'm doing all of this work and, and maybe I'm loving it, because I, I think if you if you love your work so much and you're putting in all that time and energy, I think it also you should also be a bit selfish about it to a degree. Um, yeah. So so just to make sure, like you said, you're not first you efficient in how you manage your time, so you know you're getting the most or value out of it, or you're making the most value, and also yeah. you know what what are you getting out of all this effort and talent and passion that you're putting in are you just building somebody else's business or you're also using it to build your career and your portfolio and your own value um because yeah I mean you 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 know time moves so quickly these days you can put your head down and then look up and suddenly five years have gone by and you've just been doing specialist work for someone and nothing to show for it you know so it's important to be kind of selfish and strategic about your own career while you are following your passion. Yeah, no, that's very true. And you are the only person who can do it. Nobody else can do it for you. And you are the one who needs to decide because when there's burnout and, and, there's, and there's mental health issues, you are the one who's, who, who's faced with that and who has to deal with that element. And and we can't um, we can't run away from from that because it it happens to the best of us because sometimes you, we are just running and you're doing 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 and the next minute you realize like oh my god I'm I'm just exhausted mentally mm. physically and I'm I'm bent out and we don't even think about it yeah and your employer is not certainly not going to be thinking about it for you and <laughs> they're not going to step in as much as you'd like them to. I'm sure if more people have that detachment and that sense of individuality, you know, if more managers have that, they're more likely to step back and say, you know, should I actually be asking my staff to email me from their hospital bed? Or is this actually the wrong thing to do? And I'm going to, you know, be a bit healthier in the way I interact with people. Because I think those those toxic managers are also human beings who've kind of like been sucked into the identity of their environment. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's people who've forgotten what being a human being is like, right? (laughs) It's an excuse. It's adults who are choosing to behave badly. But... um, you know, I, I think somewhere along the line, they just forget that the decisions they're making are actually bad and are harmful. Or or they, I don't know, they learn to rationalize it. And I think, yeah, I don't know, they may also be suffering from a detachment crisis. <laughs> you know, the, there's that side of 
up-detached, but I need my team to work on these things, right? And then you bombard your team to work on those, on those things. Exactly. So I've got great boundaries. I'm having like my hobbies are sorted, you know, while the poor team like slaves away at midnight. Yeah, no, I'll just get my team. They can work long hours. They will deliver. I'll take the glory and well, I'm good, you know, because that that plays a part with some of the leaders that we've got out there. Um, where um, they might have mastered the detachment part, but the work still needs to be done. And who's there that needs to do it? They're subordinates. And then they just dump everything there and then push other people to do that. But I think it becomes a matter of, so how do you layer it in a way that doesn't impact the other people in a bad way? Mm. Yeah, I think... um... I think it's it's complicated. Um, for example, now we're seeing a lot of managers having, uh, you know, problems or struggling to accept the fact that they're going to get less work from people because they're commuting to the office again. And so they've actually lost like two or three, even sometimes hours out of their day. So, yeah. you know, the manager's going to choose to force people to work late at night. Or they're just going to try and improve efficiency and get fewer work hours out of the day. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, but um, I think I think it all starts with figuring out who you are as a human being, and you know where you're going to draw the line for yourself. Exactly, and and I think I think that's the biggest take out um, for anybody who's listening that you need to decide what is it that you want um, from your own career. Um, It it is about you deciding whether the environment that you're in is good for you. And if it's not good for you, how how can you make the best of it? And -hmm. and it's also you deciding if you've got the right manager and are you doing the type of work that excites you enough that even when you're putting more hours you're cool with it and it really doesn't it doesn't bother you because you're enjoying it, you're getting fulfillment. But the minute you start resenting, the minute you start doubting, the minute you start questioning, um, which is a good thing, but it needs to push you into a point where you're able then to say, no, 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 here, I need to draw the line and I mm-hmm. need to find a way to then um, mentally detach Quite quick, you know this quite quick thing. I'm so over it. I'm just like, why are we even giving names to some of these things? <laughs> yeah, the what's the? Uh, I heard a ridiculous one the other day, which is called quiet hiring, um, which was what something. Like, it was something like rather than if if you think somebody's gonna leave, or if you think that they're quiet quitting, whatever that is. Then instead of trying to like see why they're disengaged or actually talk to them or like do anything reasonable, you just start looking for their replacement. Like, oh. It's just stupidest thing. It's like the laziest thing I've ever heard of. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are all these things that are being that are coming up, which I, I totally just switch off. I'm just like, guys, really? Is that like it's been happening. It's there. It's, it's nothing new. 
and why now are we putting names to some of these things? Anyway, what is your final take out, Nora? Um, oh gosh, I hadn't thought of one and we said so many things. Um, yeah, I guess just, just put yourself at the center of your decision making and your view about yourself and what you should and shouldn't be doing. And make sure that it's always based on your personal value system and what motivates you, like you personally as a human being, not what everyone else is saying should motivate you or you know what they think is the fancy nice right thing to do and if the if thinking about that makes you like uncomfortable kind of like well I, I still don't know then it's a, a sign that you need to do more thinking and more exercises and refine that a bit more uh for yourself so I suppose for me that's the most important thing cool thank you and and for me thanks Laura for making the time it's always good to chat to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for me. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Mbedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.